Welcome to the Real Estate Entrepreneurs Podcast. Real people doing real deals in real estate and no fake gurus allowed. We bring you the best and the most real real estate investors in the space. They'll be showing you the good, the bad, and the ugly of real estate investing. Like, share, subscribe, get notified. It's the Real Estate Entrepreneurs Podcast. Welcome to the Real Estate Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today, I have my great friend, Mr. Victor Rybacek. Rybacek, right? Did I get it right? That's right. All right, Rybacek, guys. Um, I actually asked him, hey, how do you pronounce your last name? Uh, Because it's complicated. But I got a different logo this time uh, because this guy is a wholesaler, and he's part of the cartel on InvestorLift, which, by the way, is the baddest platform for dispositioning properties and deals all over the U.S. And uh, I had the pleasure of meeting him and his beautiful wife in Tulum, Mexico. Yes, sir. At a great deal that Robert and Eliza and Dimitri put together for all of us. And, man, thank you so much for coming in, Victor. I appreciate you. Heck yeah. It was very short notice, but here we are. Yeah, man, so, absolutely glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, thank you for showing me your, you know, your your battle room. That was awesome to see. I mean, our our operation is one hundred percent virtual, right? Wow. So we don't <laughs> we don't have an office like this. I, so. I can't do the virtual stuff. I tried, dude. I I, I went. Uh, I would say a year. I went a year virtual, and what happened was we were getting deals and but a lot of the like a lot of leads were getting lost and i just could never manage to make my guys get on those leads as soon as they as they popped up right yeah. so at the time we just decided to get an office and we didn't have this office we have a smaller office on the same floor but on the other side mm-hmm. and we outgrew it in like two months and we our our productivity started growing you know faster so I'm an office guy. I can't work from home. Yeah. I got little kids. My wife, they start, you know, asking questions. <laughs> Daddy, yeah, when is this? Yeah. When is that? Do you want some lunch? You know, and you're in the middle. You're in the zone, right? And and so one day I just said, I got to go back to an office. I, I've always been an office guy, although I try to do as much as I could against being like a corporate guy. But really, what do we have? We have a corporation. So... Um, you know, now we have two offices, so go figure. Well, I mean, with our operation, so the way we are set up is we work throughout the world. No joke. Like my dispo people are not even in the U.S. Wow, that's awesome. That's crazy. So for us, it's almost a necessity that we're virtual. I mean, we get some amazing talent that you otherwise wouldn't be able to get. I mean, and I mean, we pay them very well yeah. according to their that wages, and they just love working for absolutely. us. Absolutely. But yeah, there is definitely a challenge of saying, "Hey, you know what? If you're going to get a lead, we got to answer that lead within five minutes." And that's 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 something we're still you know struggling with trying to work through. But overall, I, mean, I think we all do, man. It's a it's a it's a it's an industry sickness. I'm gonna put it to you that way. I'm on like I have so by the way, I have a texting platform, right? And a lot of my friends are on my texting platform. And I see their leads coming in. And last night, I'm sitting, and this is one of the top guys, and that lead is just hibernating in there. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I wonder how long it's going to take him to, to get on that lead. And he has a team that, and I'm not going to mention no names, but he has a team <laughs> that is in, in his office. So they should have literally grabbed that lead and jump on it. They never did. They did the next day. So I'm like, hmm, I wonder why, why they, it took him so long. So I'm going to pick up the phone and ask him, say, hey, man, why did it take you so long to get on that lead? Because I understand if it takes us 30 minutes. Maybe my guys are on the phone at the time, and that lead can sit in there for 30 minutes easily. But then they're going to pick up on the lead and, and, and call, right? Well, his lead didn't get attended that day. So there was some miscommunication in between whoever is supposed to pick up that lead, whether it's a lead manager or an acquisitions, because I really don't know his process internally. Um, but it, it is an industry sickness because we all suffer from it one way or another. At one point, somebody's going to drop a lead. And that's why, that's what I'm trying to like, 
I really don't want that to happen. Like, because leads are expensive, and you know. Um, oh man, are they ever? Yeah, and, are and, they ever? And your one lead, right? Um, that might be a, a forty, fifty thousand dollar assignment. You know, so that's how I see my leads. It's like, man, you dropped a lead, you just dropped a, a big assignment. I don't care how big or small it is, it still pays the bills. But anyhow, let's take back to who you are, Victor. Yeah. This this <laughs> podcast is more about who you are as opposed to, like, show me how big your checks are, that kind of stuff. You know what <laughs> sure. I'm saying? So where are you originally from? Yeah, so I came here when I was six years old from Ukraine. So okay. that's, that's my, my backstory. I'm, I am an immig- immigrant. So, so am I, by the way. So, so, no so we're both <laughs> immigrants. <laughs> I couldn't tell. Well, I was born here, believe it or not, but I still consider myself an immigrant because oh, okay. my parents are immigrants, and I was born, and they took me back when I was like nine months. So okay. I, I didn't grow up here. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was so I was six when I was uh, came to America, and that was that was really an interesting time when I when I got here because that's when the Soviet Union fell, right? right? That's when Ukraine became its own nation. So we had some sovereignty in Ukraine, but, you know, there still was religious, tons of religious persecution. That's why we're here. So my parents came on the religious background, and it was, it was definitely an interesting transition to come into a country. Cause, but, I mean, you know, I'm so glad that I'm here. I mean, America, I will be patriotic till the day I die. I mean, I have so much more opportunity than I've had, you know, in Ukraine. There's so many things that you don't have in that yeah. country that you have here. So, uh, yeah, I came here when I was six years old. You know, I, I grew up on Section 8, right? I mean, I had to be on welfare. I actually know what food stamps look like. They're yep. literally food stamps, yep. right? So you actually have a little little flip book that you, uh, you use. We, <laughs> we traded food stamps for actual money. Okay. Uh, we had to make ends meet, right? We had to Pay exchange rent. it with, with people. And, yeah, so that was, that was, that was my life in, in the early stages. My dad was in construction, and so... I, I understood that side of the business, but we never quote unquote made it because I had five brothers and one sister, right? I, I grew up pretty humble. So seven of you guys. Seven of us, yeah. Oh. And never really had, you know, what I would say is like the American dream. I mean, my, my parents did the best they could. Yeah. I mean, with what they had. So uh, long story short, I went to college, got my degree in nursing and I was like, you know what? I need to do something with this degree. So I thought I was going to become a doctor, a nurse practitioner. So I went that route. And it just didn't, it didn't jive with me. Uh, there was a lot of things that work and a lot of things that didn't work. I mean, nursing is a really rewarding career. Don't get me wrong. I yeah. love nursing. If people want to you know, have something in their life that they're excited about, passionate about, and make a difference, do that, right? You're saving lives. I mean, I've saved so many lives I've lost count. Wow. You know? I've, I've impacted, I've actually met patients that were, what, like five, six years old, and then I come across them in like a grocery store, I'm like, wait a minute, I know you, and then, you know, that the stories exchange, the parents recognize wow. me, so um, literally three months ago, I met a dad that I helped his kid through diabetes, he was diagnosed, and they were just devastated, right, so you have those kinds of conversations, so it's very impactful, but for me, I'm an entrepreneur, right, that's, my, my, my vision and passion is, is that. That's what I want to do. So I, I, you know, I was like, okay, how do I make this work? Right? How, do I, how do I, you know, quote, unquote, you know, uh, make more money? And so I Googled, you know, how to make more money. Okay. Guess what popped up? Real estate. So that was, uh, that was on the radar. And I, and I was like, okay, I got to try this out. So I went to that route and... You know, here I am working seriously, you know, sometimes eight days in a row of like 12 hour shifts at, at the hospital. And then after those shifts, we're talking like 12 hour shifts. I come home, go on the phones and meet with sellers, go on appointments, sleep for like three, four hours, go to the gym, repeat the whole cycle, working night shift. And I did that for, you know, like two years. And that's how I got into real estate, doing it, doing it that way. That was, that was definitely you know, an experience that I would not regret. I just don't regret that because it taught me the the value of like hard work. Because yeah. during that time, I wasn't necessarily in the right headspace. Because like I still, uh, I don't know if anybody watches you know TV or plays video games, but I would you know have that as as a as a hobby. I don't do that anymore. 
Right. I mean, no offense to anybody that still does it, but yeah. I just don't. I just don't have the time for it. So one of the concerns was like, okay, well, you know, uh, am I going to, you know, watch TV or play video games? Well, like that, that went away real quick. When, when you want something so bad and you want to work hard so hard for it, you just don't have time for it. Absolutely. I agree so I, I did that. And finally, you know, after so many appointments, spending like six grand in marketing, I got my first deal. I got my first deal. And I made 13500 wow. And that check alone and showed my wife the proof. I was like, hey, honey, there's something to this. She was like, okay, okay. <laughs> I understand where you're going with this now. So we, we, uh, we took that money, 100% invested every single penny to the business. I did not keep any of it. And so I did a deal. My business partner today did a deal. And we're like, you know, this is working. And so the way we met was through RIA. And so well, how we, we kind of got to know each other was, you know, it was a, a mastermind, Rhea. We, we got together and, and hit, we're like, hey, we're, we're doing the same marketing. We're hitting the same people. Let's just keep in contact with one another to see how you're doing, how I'm doing, keep each other accountable. Right. So we, we, we did that for, I don't know, like four or five months. And then after, you know, him, him doing a deal, me doing a deal, we're like, okay, let's see if we can actually partner together and you know, do this. What's the point of hitting the same areas and sellers if we could do this together? So we did, you know, we, we created a partnership. And uh, after that, you know, the rest is history, you know, ups and downs, um, you know, uh, and definitely some lean months for sure. There's definitely a point that I almost went out of business. And that was that was tough. Yeah, that was very tough. So during that time, my business partners living in Hawaii, I'm living here in Washington State, and I'm like, bro, we got to make this happen. If this doesn't happen, we're out of business. We only got two months of, of cash in the in the bank. That's it, you know. And so he he ceases the writing on the wall. You know, he grabs pretty much the next flight uh, over back to Washington State, um, starts to live here in this area. And right after that, it was just like supernatural. Because we at that time we were just doing SEO, mm-hmm. Facebook, and SEO Google. takes too long. Yeah, yeah. I, it, <laughs> I love SEO now. <laughs> Trust me, I no, love right, SEO now. right now, <laughs> it, 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 once you get it going yeah. after a year, yeah, of course, it now is organically bringing your leads, right? Yeah. But when you're getting started, you just see money go out, go out, <laughs> go out, go out. Go but out. that's what it was for. What two and a half years? It was like writing the check, writing that yeah. check. It's like, oh man, I, where am I going to see these returns? Yeah. So that was definitely hard time for SEO because right. I, I see the fruits of it now. I get like a, 14, a 14x return wow. on my SEO. It's incredible. But that time it was like a negative return, right? Um, uh, so, so yeah, I mean, so we, we, we went through those lean months, right? We, we made it work. And in those, th- uh, those three months, I made the most money that I'd ever made ever. I made three hundred fifty thousand in a matter of three months. Well, now for me, that time was a lot. Yeah, yeah, it was a big especially deal. coming from not making money at all, or yeah. or almost shutting the, the the operation down because you don't know if this is gonna work or not, right? Right. And then you get a break like that. You're like, okay, maybe yeah. I was wrong. <laughs> you know, I, exactly. I was wrong. Yeah. Thank God I was wrong. But I mean, like supernatural. I could not explain. It. I went even to the data that uh, that just like two months ago of like what happened, what did I do to make those results happen. So there's, there was, I think, the really three things that I could really point out. The, the first thing is, like we were talking about answering leads. So we were just pretty much focused on Google that, during that time. And so with Google, you have to be like Johnny on the spot. If you're not... Yeah, yeah. The out. next guy is picking it up. Yeah, and so we had a reputation during that time. Of like They didn't even fill out the form yet, the, the second step form. Um, and we already were on the phone with them. So like we were... Oh, that, that was fast. Quick. Yeah. So we would answer leads like within two, three minutes. So because of that, we got, we got some major, you know, whales of deals. So that was awesome. Going to in-person appointments during that time was phenomenal, right? With the rapport building, the talking, right. the, the personal relationships, that was amazing. Uh, and just really just doing what you were doing. Like for us, the, it was Facebook and SEO, right? Doing that, just continue it continue. So I think those three things were, were it, but as a matter of, of like exactly what caused those leads to come in, supernatural. Gonna just say that. I mean, we just got lucky. You know, I, I feel I say I say I'm blessed. I don't necessarily believe in luck. I mean, the more the more you do things, the lucky you are, right? 
Uh, and that really propelled us. That really propelled us to to do what we're doing now. We're like last month, we made you know four hundred thirty thousand dollars in wholesaling. That was our biggest wow. month ever, right? Uh, but we're not there yet, right? We're we're that's only a halfway point. We're we're after the million dollars per month. Right? That's right. where we're going. So that was uh, that was a great affirmation for us to do that. But to see us to start like literally two months of cash in the bank, you know, and saying that what a big deal to make 350,000 in three months. Now I'm making that in a month. Right. So, and so our, our now can, can you believe that? What was your annual <clears throat> salary when you were a nurse? Oh <clears throat> man, that's right. And then when I got that check, my wife and I were like, how many months would have taken us to make that money? Like four months. I would have had to work at the hospital four months just to make one check like that. Right. So my annual salary at the at the time was I think seventy or seventy five. So, so not bad. No, 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 it was good. So, but I I was in corporate too, and yeah. I was in the oil and gas business. Now I used to make two hundred and sixty grand a year, and I worked from home. Like, look, I had a go golden handcuffs. Like these yeah. things were easy, <laughs> very hard to let go. Okay, and if you told me that I would make that in a month, I look at you like you had two heads. Like. Because I knew how hard it was for me to get there yeah. in the corporate world. And, you know, I had to go offshore and all these rigs because I was in the oil and gas business. And if you told me today, hey, you can make 300, 400 grand, uh, yeah, we've done that before, right? So it, it's a complete paradigm shift that, you know what, it is possible to make a lot of money in this business in one month. It's just that you have to take all the steps. You have to go through the ups and downs. You yeah. know, hiring, firing, training, oh, trying yeah. your ACO that doesn't work for two years, you know. Uh, and then and now all of a sudden, they, the, all the leads organically, they start showing up. Uh, having your team ready for when those leads show up, that's another one. Because yeah. one of the main reasons why I was telling you before the podcast, our last month sucked. was So everything we do in our business, at least ours, it impacts the next 90 days. So whatever I do today, I'm going to see the results in 90 days. Yeah. So I'm working for January right now. I'm not really working for October, uh, for November or December. Right. It's literally January, what I'm planting seeds for right now, right? Well, what happens to us in October is if I go three months back, I had all acquisitions were brand new because we were opening up the office in Miami. So those guys were dropping leads they or they weren't talking to the leads the right way. And I'm real good at not getting stressed out when they don't perform when they're new. Because it's part of the business. It's like there's a brand-new baby learning how to talk on the phone and how to create rapport. And maybe they already have that built in, but they don't know the real estate side yet, right? And and that's why we pay the price in October. We only closed, like, in a couple of deals, and they weren't even big deals. But now November, December, January looks a much, much better yeah. because it took them just a couple of weeks to get kind of like, you know, acquainted with the – the 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 way we do business and now they're locking up deals left and right and they're doing their own deals because that's something we do inside is i let all my guys do their own deals there's no caps in our team they can do their own deals they can do their own marketing as long as they put their own mar marketing money uh, dollars into it then they have to funnel the deals through the whole that's why we have the wholesaling cartel um so nobody can come to our operation and say i cannot make more than x amount of dollars because literally everybody can be me. Like, hey, I'm a risk taker. You want to make more money? You become a risk taker as well. Yeah. But do it in a control environment. You know, we, I, you know, we'll we'll help you with the marketing and all that. So, um, so that's why I ask you about the annual sal salaries because, I mean, you make seventy three, seventy five thousand dollars a year as a nurse, saving lives, right? Which is very fulfilling too. Like, a lot of nurses they do that because they love it. Oh yeah. They don't, they don't necessarily do it because of the money because no. they work their ass off. Like, they're, they're doing 12-hour shifts, four days in a row, five, sometimes five days if they're working, like, an extra, you know, day or whatnot. And it's for the love of what they do, right? Now, for you, that wasn't enough to fulfill you. You had to go become an entrepreneur, and now you can make in a week what you used to make in a year, which is insane for 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 the regular person out there watching this podcast, like how can you make in a week what you used to make in a year, right? It's, yeah, it's it's crazy. So, I, yeah, you have to go. I mean, something you pointed out that, that absolutely 
takes precedent. It's the risk taking. If you do not take risk, there is no then opportunity, mm-hmm. right? You have to put yourself in that position to win. But winning requires risk. So when when I when I did that, you know, um, you know, made that thirteen thousand. I I looked at the, my behaviors that I that I put myself in to make it happen, right? I put the marketing in. I worked the long hours. There was no guarantee. There no. was no guarantee that this is going to work, uh, you know. But you you have to do that. And so I now look at it nowadays. Is you know, w- I think sometimes people will say, "Oh man, it's a l- you make a lot of money. Do you deserve that money?" You better believe that I do. I mean, did you not Absolutely. see how many, much money I put into marketing? And the struggles. <laughs> the struggles, yeah. right? When you struggle. Yeah. When things didn't go right. Right. You have to write that check yeah. every month for marketing. I mean, I know you're crushing it. Uh, you don't have to put that much marketing dollars in. I do. I mean, I, I put in like, so uh, on average, uh, on average, we, we're putting between sixty dollars to $80,000 yeah. a month. Right? I get it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so... Yeah, so th- that's something that people don't understand. Okay, you made four hundred grand. They think you took four hundred grand to the bank, like <laughs> right. or or to the beach, you know. To have a, no, you had eighty grand worth of PPC or SEO or whatever, uh, Facebook ads and all of these things. Then you had overhead, right? Then you had. I mean, yeah. Do you still clear a lot of money out of it? Yes, you do. Um, but you probably won't keep maybe twenty percent or thirty percent of it if you keep that much. Because me. I just pay myself what I need to pay bills. That's it. Where every like I, I'm probably the lowest paid guy in my own operation. I just I just I need rent. I need my truck payment. I need you know food. I, that's it, man. I'm, I don't need to have my bank account stashed up or anything like that to fill my ego. I reinvest in the business, yeah. right? Yeah. And not only in the real in the wholesaling operation, but in all the other things that I'm doing. So. Um, you know, I- eventually that will snowball and start paying back in dividends big oh, but, time. But it does. So yeah. for the first three years that I did the wholesaling business, I did not take one dime from the business. I'm not kidding you. So I did my W-2 <sighs> and I did my business. And that, I, I'm, loving, I'm loving that you're touching that. By the way, guys, you don't have to quit your fucking job. <laughs> okay? True. You don't. You can do this while you have a job, okay, like Victor did. I love this, Victor, because, uh, you know, a lot of people think, I got to quit my job. They make one check, and now they got to quit their job. No, man, do a few checks. Maybe get some rental properties. Get some cash flow. Well, when you have a W-2, the banks love you. When you don't have a W-2, they don't like you as much. Now, today they like you because today the money is almost free. (laughs) So <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, I know what you mean. So today's like banks are like, take it, take it. But when I was like in 2017, man, I had to hustle for banks to do my, my refis on, on my rentals and stuff like that. And I was paying 7% interest rate on, 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 on long-term loans. But anyhow, guys, listen to Victor. He, how long did you go with a job and, and a side hustle? Yeah, it was three years. Three years. Three years with a job as a nurse, working 12-hour shifts. That was a major transformation for you, too, because you gave up on TV. You gave up on video games. I mean, you were married already, right? Yep. But, and then you had to take care of your family, you know. uh, And I'm like you. I don't, dude, I don't watch TV. Like, you asked me about some Netflix show or (laughs) something like that. Binge, like what is it, Squid Games or something? Yeah, yeah I did I'm that. Like, what is but that? it, it took me, like it took me three months to watch it. It's only seven or eight episodes, but it took me like three months because I will like get home very late, and that's another thing. I can't watch that thing when my kids are around, you know, because there's a lot of blood and stuff like that. So I will get there, I'll turn on the TV, and I watch maybe twenty minutes of it, and then I just fall asleep. <laughs> and so I, I pick it up the next day. So it, it took me like three months to watch it. I just finished it. Two nights ago, actually. Um, but it's changing your habits, right? So you had a full-time job, 12-hour days. Stressful because uh, were you in, in the ER or? or? Well, I was in diff- different departments. I was, like, in the respiratory unit, and I was also in the CICU. So I would watch kids' chest. It was the craziest wow, thing dude. ever. Their chest would be open, and they couldn't close the chest because of the inflammation. So right. they would put a film on top of the chest. You could see the heartbeat. 
wild. Dude. Yeah, crazy. that was crazy. Yeah, I yeah. Did that. So you've seen a lot of crazy I've stuff, seen right? Crazy uh, things, yeah. Which, well, for you as a nurse, it might not be crazy because you get used to that stuff. Um, but if I see it, I'm not a nurse. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> what is that, right? So, so you do that twelve-hour shifts, watching kids literally with their chest open. Then you go home to get on the phone or to go on seller appointments, lock up deals, sell deals, go to the RIA, meet with new people, meet your, your business partner, right, and, and start building a relationship like that. Um, then building a virtual team because you never had an office, you said, right? It's, 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 it's always been virtual. Yep. Uh, so you figured a way out to crack the virtual code. So it is possible to do this virtually. He's doing it. Um, I'm more of an office kind of guy. I like it. But... You know, at the end of the day, he did everything he could on his power to make this work for him. And eventually, he stepped away from his job. You know, once he saw that, you know what? Oh, and your wife was working too, right? Yeah. So, I mean, he had a lot of support um, within his income and his wife's income. But he still found a reason to do this after hours. It could have been very easily for you to quit. For you, it would have been very easy to quit. So the thing is, it's not about not wanting to quit. I had so many opportunities to quit, and I had the feeling of wanting to quit so many times. I could not count how many times I was like, you know what, I'm done. I'm like, I'm burnt out. Yeah. But because I went through that burnt out feeling, and I stick through it, like that, that, that muscle of grit just grew and grew and grew. And now today, I mean. I know exactly what you're talking about, dude. Yeah. Because I've been there before. Yeah. So I, I can relate, you know. And, I mean, I, it, guys, there's no excuses on why you wouldn't do this. Uh, if you really wanted to do this like Victor did, okay. I, I had no choice because I got laid off. Mm. So for me, it was like, what do I do now? Like, and for me, getting a job in 2015, that was not a, that was, there was no jobs, literally. And, and especially the paid as much as I made. So I had to like literally pivot and, and do real estate full time because I had to, yeah. not because I really wanted to, you know, uh, but I've been doing real estate for a long time as a passive deal. So I was like you, I, 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 I was in between, between 2008 and 2015, it was a side hustle for me. Now I didn't wholesale. I just accumulated rentals and, and I did flips and things like that because, you know, I could get out of my office and go look at a flip or whatnot. And it was easier for me to get flips than it would be to, to do a wholesale deal. I actually, I used to be a wholesaler hater, dude. I didn't like wholesalers. <laughs> I'd be like, you're a wholesaler? Ooh, you don't, like your, you don't know your numbers. You always send me shitty deals. <laughs> you know, all no, the profits yeah. staying on your side, not on my side. But I understood later on why wholesalers make what they make. I mean, it's, this is not easy. People think this is it's simple. I love how they say, you know, get into real estate by wholesaling. <laughs> oh, man, that's tough. Well, it's, you know. It's, it's, hard, it's a hard business. I mean. It's, wholesaling it's, is tough. It, it, it's an easy concept, hard to do. So I say, I put it this way. I, I say that wholesaling is is simple. Yeah. But it's not easy. Yes. Yes. Because the mechanics of wholesaling is simple. You find a motivated seller, you put the property under contract, you solve whatever challenge that seller has, and then you find a motivated buyer, and you flip the contract to the motivated buyer. By the way, guys, when you're wholesaling, you are not flipping a property. You are flipping a piece of paper. Yep. Okay? You do not control any real estate. Zero. You're flipping a piece of paper. That's it, yep. right? That is attached to the property. So you find a motivated buyer. Motivated buyer takes the buys the contract from you, and that's how you make a profit. People think that you're flipping the house, actually. Not fixing it up, but, like, you're reselling it one way or another. Well, what you're doing is the paper, the paperwork. That's it. So, you know, once I understood that these guys had to put a lot of marketing uh, back then was bandit signs. That's what they did. Like most of them did, and mailers. Um, and then when I started doing it to get my own leads, I would put five grand, six thousand, get nothing back, and I was like, man, now I understand why these assignments are so big, because <laughs> you got to get that marketing money back one way or another, right? So yeah, wholesaling is not easy. I mean, it's simple because the mechanics are very simple, 
but doing that mechanics is was gets very complicated sometimes um money wise especially when you're getting started yeah, they they don't see the overhead they don't yeah. see the marketing expense they only see the assignment fee i had a, i had a guy one time uh, question my assignment right and i said man why don't you come to the office uh next week and and let's talk about this assignment because he he bought enough time to to, to close so just come to the office so we can talk about this assignment. And and if you are right, I'll give you the discount that, that you're asking. If I'm right, then you let it go. And he said, fair enough. And he took it. And he came over. And I said, look, man, I pay X amount of dollars for this office. This guy makes amount of dollars. This guy makes amount of dollars. This boom, 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 boom. This is my marketing budget. Now, do you really think I'm making all that money that you're seeing on the hood? And he's like, no, you're not. And I said, okay. Is that a good deal for you? Yes, it's a good deal for me. So are you going to continue to question my assignment? I'll never continue uh, question an assignment <laughs> ever again. That's a good story. I there said, fair enough, man. Let's go do business. Let's dance. Yeah, you know, I call it let's good. dance. You know, if, if, we're, if, we, if you like it and I like it, let's go, to, let's go dancing and we'll make money together, right? And, but most people that are getting into real estate that are either becoming landlords or becoming flippers, they see those assignments and they're like, oh, the wholesaler is getting rich. Yeah, they hear stories like yours or maybe like many of the other, other of the friends that we have that make 400 grand in a month. Yeah, but out of the 400 grand, how much of it went to expenses and overhead and, and, and headaches? Plus, a lot of the money you're getting it back from past investments that you did that marketing campaigns that didn't pay out. You know, how many times did you put dollars in and you couldn't get anything back out? Well, funny you should say that. I've, I went with this company. I'm not going to name the company, but they were like, oh, you got to do real marketing. I'm like, okay, let's do it, right? They came with a good reputation. They came recommended. So we're like, okay, we're going to do it. Not one deal. Wow. Spent 70 grand, 75 grand oh, wow. on mail. Not one deal. I only produced finally that deal, finally deal after two and a half years from, uh, doing that mail market. So it was, it was a follow-up that I did, right? And that's the risk, right? That's the risk. I mean, is it because maybe your mailing wasn't right? Maybe because your sales process wasn't right? Maybe your team's not answering the phone calls correctly? Yeah, there's a lot of variables. There's a lot of variables into it. And so going back to that, you know, putting gasoline on the fire, when you, when when I did three years of no, no payment to myself and, and I made it work, that's how you do it. If you want to accelerate your business, that's what you do, right? You invest in the business, like you, like you were saying. I want to take my business and, and put money into it so that it can produce me a harvest, right? Don't eat the seed. Don't eat the seed. Plant the seed. And that's what I was yep. doing. I was saying, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna be very lean. You know, I'm only going to uh, do what I need to do. I'm okay with my W-2 income. I'm going to take whatever I make and put it into the business. That's what worked. I hired cold callers. I hired people that... That would intake leads. I, I invested in systems. I, I paid my team. They were making way more money than I was making. But that's how you do it. Then I finally took a salary for my business. It was minimum wage. So <laughs> I took wow. a minimum wage amount so that I could once again fuel the business. My business partner and I definitely had disagreements because he was like, man, here I'm coming from. So he's super smart. He went, he went to MIT, got oh, wow. a master's uh, in engineering. Right. And he's a wholesaler today. Yeah. Wow. So <laughs> That's crazy. Smart people like yeah. that, you know, deserve a good salary. And he was paid very, very well at the Boeing company. That's where he worked. And then he got, you know, from, you know, a six figure salary to minimum wage. It was tough. It was definitely tough. But, you know, now uh, we're in a better position. But during that time, you had those tough conversations like, hey, man, let's not eat the seeds. Let's invest in the business, invest in marketing, invest in people. And that's where we are today because of that frugality, right? Invest in, in, into that. So that's, that's one of my biggest gripes about some of the wholesalers is, is do not eat the seed that you produce. Invest that seed. Put it in the right soil. Make it grow. I, I see it all the time, man. I, I, I see guys that are coming in the business and they collect a good check. The next thing I see is they're buying a Rolex or they're taking a trip to yeah. – who knows where? <laughs> and I'm like, man, it's okay that you want to indulge and, 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 and celebrate your success, right, by, by doing some of those things. But those things can wait. 
they can wait a couple of years, you know, that you don't have to go and do it right now to show the world how badass you are. Yeah. You're better off putting that away, thinking about how you're going to invest that into marketing or systems or people so you can grow that way later on. You can do what you do, which is you step away. You go to masterminds. You go to these things, you, you know, and your team continues to run. I'm the same way. I'm leaving tomorrow for like five days, and guess what? Things will get done when I'm gone. I don't need to be here anymore. But, you know, these new guys that are that are trying to make 10 grand a month, right? Because that's what most of them are. Like, they're how can I make $10,000 a month? Many of them never made five grand a month. So now they're getting to $10,000 a month. They get those checks and they just go spend those checks as fast as they come. <clears throat> and then they find themselves in those ruts where, like, you, like, you had a few months that, Man, you didn't know if you were going to make it, you know. Yeah. And, and like me, like, it's like, shit, you know, this thing is not working out. Like when I did mailers too. And I was, I, I used to be the owner of the mailing company. So my cost was slower when it came to sending mailers. And one month I had to say, I was like, man, I don't believe in this mailing shit no more. And, you know, and I was like, and I own the mailing company. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. what do I do with all this equipment now, yeah. right? And literally, I stopped. And I couldn't sell the mailers anymore because I didn't even believe in them. Like, they work, don't get me wrong, but it's very expensive. And it's like a drip campaign that you have to continue to pump out. And every time you send 10,000 mailers, it's $7,000 going out of your pockets. And if you get one deal, well, that was the cost per acquisition. So your one deal that you did on that mailing campaign, that was a $70,000 cost per acquisition deal. That's great. That's great. And... You know, I don't even know how much money you made out of the deal, but let's say you made 20. Well, it really cost you 50. Well, you know? I should have made five. I should have made only five. Five grand. It. Yeah, but I actually ended up making <laughs> 30 on it. Okay. But the guy who got the property, he made a killing. He made like 120,000. Wow. The flipper. The flipper. Right. Uh, uh, he, did it, he did the flip the right way. He saw in it what no one else did. Right. That's why he made so much money. So... You may, that was that deal cost you forty thousand dollars to get, in reality, because yes, you made yes. thirty back. You didn't even break even on the deal, no. and this is the things that nobody talks about. They go post a thirty thousand dollar check <laughs> on on yeah, Facebook. But I lost, you know, forty. Hey, this marketing campaign cost me seventy, by the way. But here's my thirty thousand dollar check. You know, and that's guys. You guys gotta vet whoever the hell your guru is, because um, that's what I see online all the time, right? This guy's posting checks. I say, okay, how much did that cost you to get, right? Now, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of people out there making money, real legitimate money. And and I'm happy that you're doing so well now. Uh, and I, I can only see your operation getting bigger and bigger and bigger, especially going virtual, which is, um, is something we're doing right now for our disposition side. We're actually hiring sales people outside of the country virtual. Oh, you're, you're doing that now? Yes. I know we talked about it. That's cool. Yes. Right so we're doing that right now. And my Dispo guys here are kind of like managing those Dispo guys overseas um, because we're we're keeping only eight type players on the team internally, like in, in the office itself. So those guys should be able to manage some of those guys away from us, but we can multiply one Dispo, one good Dispo manager to two or three of them. So we're trying a new, you know, and that's another thing. We're always trying new things. Like, hey, what if I change this? Can we make, you know, better spreads? You know, and then those people are making a lot more money than they make in their countries if they got a, a real job. Like we have right now uh, on our team, I have 27 VAs, right? Dude, I have doctors. I have attorneys. I have um, uh, architects. I have accountants. They're all VAs. They're all working on our company, and, and they're happy working with us. They make a lot more money than they could make in, in, in where, where they are, which is Venezuela, where I grew up. And we just keep finding more talent like that. And I'm like, every time I meet a new one, I'm like, what do you do? Well, I'm, I'm this. And I'm just like, oh, man, I'm so happy to have you here because we're surrounding our team with a bunch of professionals, and these people really care about their jobs. You know, like they really want to do a good job. Um, they're providing not only for themselves, but for extended families around them. So I want to continue to grow that side on the virtual side, but I will continue with an office 
maybe in the future we don't need a big office like the one we have right now. We'll probably go downsize to where because I have to go to an office. Like if I don't go to an office, I'm lost. I'm uh, yeah, I can't. I don't function right. You know, I, I, I I'm surprised that you know we're having this amount of success doing it 100% virtually. It's crazy. So our our top three acquisitions are in Seattle, well, Renton, uh, Idaho, and actually Texas. Oh, wow. Yeah, so all virtual, right? Those, th- those closers are all virtual, and yet they're having the quality conversations. They're getting the contracts. Like yesterday night, we got three under contract, you know, uh, and I'm like, man, this is – this is incredible. They're not meeting in person yet. They're building the trust of these homeowners to deliver. Right? One thing we're doing to to mimic the person thing is we do a Zoom call. You do? Yeah. Wow. Especially with buyers. It's like, hey, get on Zoom. So we we start talking and um, we do Zoom calls with sellers. Like I did a Zoom call the other day with a guy that owns like a gazillion properties. Like this this is one of those guys that got like we text a lot. So. We texted this particular town, and he's like, son, I got your text like 40 times. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry. He's like, I said, hey, let's do a Zoom call. And the guy got on a Zoom call with me. Now, we didn't do a deal, but he knew we were legit. Yeah. And he said, you know what, man? I'm not selling right now, but I'm going to keep you closed because out of everybody that contacted me about my properties, whether it was a mailer or a text message or a, or a cold call, you're the only one that got on a Zoom call. Yeah. That's, that's and I was so like, whoa, Zoom exists. Like, why not? Like, now, if you're getting on a Zoom call, make sure you're sh- you're shaved. Yeah, and, you're, you know, like, decent. You're, you're decent. Yeah. You not, don't look like you just got off playing video games for the last six <laughs> hours. You know, your hair is all messed up. Um, but tell me something, man. What does your team look like today? Like, you told me three acquisitions nationwide, sure. right? All over. Yeah. What else? So, um we have so the way it works is we have what about we do have virtual assistants like the and we call them the analyst team so we have about like s- uh, five or six analysts on that okay. end so they're they're virtually throughout the whole world right then we have our uh, we call them HBAs home buyer associates we have five of them and they're in different parts of the world as well right. Egypt in and Colombia and Venezuela uh, let's see Jamaica, right? right? So five of those. Then we have three closers, and uh, we have closers that are in the U.S. They get paid the big bucks, right? Right. Real big bucks. Because I mean, they're they're performing. Yeah, the, the, their job is to make sure they lock it up and and, exactly. and put an ink on it. Then we have our dispo department, and in that department right now we have three, but we just hired. Now we have four, and we're trying to hire another one, so it'll be five total. Okay. And we just just started our JV department, JV wholesale. Right. That thing's a beast. That thing's a beast. Yeah, so we do a lot of those here. Yeah, <laughs> so we, we have a department just for that, and we're trying to grow that. In our market where we're at, we don't have anything like that. There's nothing out in the marketplace to help other wholesales place. Their, uh, their right. So we have that, and that's going to be that – currently that's a one, one-man one operation, but we're trying to grow. And then, of course, it's my business partner, uh, the HR department, and myself. And so, and then on top of that, we're actually wanting to grow our long-term, our legacy wealth, which is, you know, rentals, which yes. is short-term rentals. Right now, you got to buy as many as you can. Yeah. Because money is just too cheap. Anything that comes across that looks like a rental, take it. And the financing is so easy nowadays. I mean, you literally need to have a pulse. <laughs> oh, but they tell me you got to have 520 credit score to get a loan. I'm like... Who are these people loaning money to, you know? <laughs> so it, it's like, literally, it's like that. So just just get in, just go ahead and put some away, man, because it's, uh, it, it's uh, it, it'll it'll change. It won't stay like that. And it goes from having it so good to where it goes to nobody can get along. It, 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 go back to, the, you want to see the future, go back to the history, right? Yeah. What happened in 2007, 2006, if you breathe and you have $500 on your checking account, that was it, man. You're qualified. You're good. You can get a property. What happened in 2007, the bubble started to burst, and nobody could get along. Nobody. Like, dude, I got stuck with properties that I bought because I started in 2008 that I was buying cash, 
and I couldn't refinance them out. I, I the only way I could refinance them out was with a hard money loan, mm-hmm. and the hard money rates were at sixteen percent at the time. Damn. Forget the ten, the tens, and the sixes and the sevens that you see today. It was sixteen percent. So that was the only way I could cash out, and then trying to figure that out to go into a longer term uh, rental, it was hard. So, and we still managed to put away a bunch of properties, you know. So today there is no excuse. It's like if you have decent credit, you have a little bit of money, and you got an LLC, they don't even look at like W twos anymore. I had to show them W twos. I mean, you know, it, it was a whole different ballgame. So, but that's what happens when you have a when you have it so easy. Eventually, it quits being easy, but it goes the opposite direction. Like now, it's impossible, and and so this is a time, a good time to to put away properties if that's what you want to build your long term legacy right yeah, we, we do yeah so we, we're just starting that now right and, uh, you know I'm, I'm super excited about that actually my we're, we're trying to have my wife quit her job from boeing so she can make that happen and her working at boeing is now a choice she's she's only doing that because she's right. ha- has the choice i've allowed you know finally have allowed that opportunity to arise right my one of my goals have been i want to give her the option to work if she wants to work great if right. she doesn't she can have that too so that's what we're trying to transition her into is that role so she can help, you know, generate that monthly cash flow. So yeah, I'm she needs – I, I did the, the math. Uh, I reversed the engineering to some of my acquisitions guys because they're kind of like independent. They're like for, uh, for higher contract, you know, acquisitions guys. So they do their own thing. They do it with us. But – they're like, hey, how do we put properties away? These are entrepreneurs that I'm, 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 I'm attracting now to our team, and I was like, guys, simple. Each property usually is 350 to 500 bucks a month in cash flow. Back then, when I started, it was 250, and if you had a 250, 100 dollars a month cash flow, you were killing it. Mm-hmm. Today, the numbers are a little better because the 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 money's cheaper. So, the formula has never changed. 70% minus repairs, you're in. That's it. So I said, look, you guys, how much money do you want for passive income? They said, we want 10 grand passive income within the next 12 months. And I said, that means you got to buy at least 25 properties, at least. And their eyes get big like that. And I was like, what? And I said, like, yeah, do the math. $400 or $500 times 25, how much is that? That's 10 grand, right? And okay, realistically, Ricardo, what do you see happening? I said, I see that happening in two years. You put two years, and what happens is the first few months, you do very little deals. Like, you do maybe three, four, five deals that you buy, you rehab, and then you rent. But once you get a hold of it, now you can do multiple ones at the same time. You can do two, three, four, and then you get to your 25 deals per person. In between both of you guys, you can do 15 two years, and that will give you each one of you $10,000 a month in passive income. Now, if you go the Airbnb route, you don't need that many. The thing is, I still don't. Ha- I still don't think Airbnb. Um, it's uh, it has enough track record yet to where you can say, if I get five Airbnbs, I'm gonna collect five grand. You know, like usually a, lo- a lot of my friends that have Airbnbs and I have one too. Um, they they're collecting about a thousand dollars per property on average a year. I mean a month. You know, if you divide it per year, sometimes they make a lot more. Um, but I don't. I haven't seen enough track record to where you can say, well, we've been Airbnb for the last five years, and this is kind of like what the the, the the revenue is for one property. Uh, but in the reality is you can get 3x the, the amount of rent that you can if the house wasn't Airbnb. So Yeah, yeah. well, with the Airbnb model, but I, I've done it in the past, and I was like, yeah. why am I doing rentals? Yeah. Why? Yeah. So there's definitely said to be – there's both advantages and disadvantages of both strategies. Right. right. With the rentals, it's like steady as she goes, right? That's it. It's it's definitely recession proof, right? You need housing in both recession yep. and the upside, right? Yep. So you're you're definitely uh, capitalizing on that regardless. With the short-term rentals, it's definitely riskier because you're actually riding a wave. You are riding yeah. a wave. When the economy goes, guess what's going to go first? But the good thing is right. you can rent it. Th- that's the to me that's the worst case scenario. Worst case scenario, Airbnb didn't work out because something happened. Put it for a long-term rental. That's it. 
you know. Yeah, you definitely want to make sure you mitigate your risk. But with the short-term rental, what I like about that is, like you said, you don't have to have that many properties in order to get the same amount of money. You could also do what's called a rental arbitrage. Yes. Don't even own the property. Right. You can agree with the person who actually owns the property. Say, hey, look, I'm going to Airbnb this thing. Actually, I could pay you more than you would otherwise get. Yeah. So increase their their rent, and then you can say, I could surely, I'd like to make this property a two year lease. Right. You as a landlord, would you want a two year lease or a one year lease? Oh, right? take a two year lease yeah, all day long. No, no higher turnover. So you can structure it that way as well. But what I like about it is is the cash flow. If if you look at the exact same property, right, you can cash flow way more on a short term rental than you do with just a regular rental. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're trying to do, and we're trying to target the the, like the luxury mid luxury we're not trying to do the you know starter homes to be airbnb right that that model doesn't really work because then yes you're getting less cash flow and it's not as desirable to rent them out so right. we're trying to do more of the higher end homes right um you know like 600 and, and plus uh thousand dollars so we're we're wanting to stage them yeah, those nice bring a lot of money sure man you know cash flowing you know mm-hmm. we're trying to target between like three to five thousand a month just cash flow. yeah they bring a lot of money yeah. They bring a lot of money. So that's why I like It's a high risk, right? Absolutely. Because if if that property goes dark for a month, it doesn't rent, then guess what? You got a $5,000, $6,000, $7,000 rent payment, um, and and that hurts. But the reality is is that the upside, you can 3X that rent money, so you can can make 15 grand in one property easily or – I don't say easily because it's not easy to to take on that risk uh, for 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 the average person, right? Yeah. For you, it's, it's okay because you have a you have multiple streams of income now, so you can take the hit and not and not be hurt. Uh, a lot of people will take that hit and that's it; they're done. They're they're, they're, they're like Airbnb doesn't work. Uh, real estate is, is is a lie and this and that, right? Because they're they took more risk than they were supposed to. Um, but but you're right. Uh, I have a friend here, actually, that you know, uh, George uh, Salas. You're attending his mastermind. Shout out to George Salas. He's got an Airbnb with another friend of mine whose name is AC. And he's a wholesaler and also educator here in the, in the Houston area. And they have this one Airbnb. It's a luxury one. That thing is a money-making machine. Like, he showed me numbers one day. I was like, dude, how many of those can you do? <laughs> right? And he's like, oh, man, we're, that's exactly what we're looking for now. Like, we're looking for this. For these type of properties they're building that as he showed me another one actually he didn't show it to me i saw it on facebook he had a patio with some pergolas and it was like a whole zen you know then they did that they they did the, those improvements right yeah. to make to create an experience for for the people staying yeah. in those properties so they're they're doing very well i'm so happy for uh for george and and also ac that uh, and for you now that you're connected with George and you're attending his mastermind, so you're definitely in the right hands uh, when it comes to learning this Airbnb game, man. But man, thank you so much for stopping in, Victor. It's been a pleasure, uh, guys. Don't forget to hear, uh, hit share, like, and subscribe. Real Estate Entrepreneurs Event and Mastermind coming up in May 2022. We already picked up uh, a month. Uh, I'm shuffling the dates a little bit. It's gonna be the Formula One week or the week after in Miami, Florida. Uh, I'm looking forward to see you there. And don't forget to hit, uh, hit share, like, and subscribe. Uh, it's too early for me, man, and I'm, <laughs> I'm stuttering here. So see you later, guys. Bye.